Welcome to the VoiceOver Insider Podcast with Julie Williams and VoiceOver Insider Editor Gary McFadden. Welcome to the free VoiceOver Insider Podcast brought to you by IPDTL. We're celebrating 10 years of serving the VoiceOver community for free. You can sign up for the VoiceOver Insider at voiceoverinsider.com. I'm Julie Williams, publisher of the Free VoiceOver Insider, and today we're proud to welcome expert audiobook narrator Scott Brick to the podcast. Scott has won more than 50 earphone awards for his narrating skills, as well as two Audi awards for his work on the Dune Saga. Having now recorded more than 600 titles, including such classics as Mystic River, Fahrenheit 451, In Cold Blood, and Helter Skelter, Scott doesn't see himself slowing down anytime soon. But Scott isn't complete just by reveling in his own success. He wants to help others, too, like you, succeed as well. And that's why he's here. Welcome, Scott. Yeah. We are so glad you're volunteering your time to join us on the VoiceOver Insider free podcast to help other narrators refine their craft. One trait or skill that um, characterizes a, a successful audiobook narrator, what do you think it would be? It's funny. I've told people this before, and sometimes people think I'm being dismissive um, or or glossing over it. Um, but it's a very simple thing, and it's can you tell a story? Because there are so many wonderful actors out there who, for whatever reason, when they get in the audiobook studio, just can't seem to carry it through. They can do their lines for you know a particular role if if they're in TV or film, but. When it comes to actually relating the entire story and getting the arc of it across, I always talk about uh, unless you know that Romeo and Juliet die at the end, you don't really know how to play the beginning. Uh-huh. You don't want to advertise the ending, but you do want to... I, th- I think knowing that the tragedy is coming informs the way that you handle the comedy at the beginning. So um, so that's what I always say. It's the one skill, and it's, it's, it's very nonspecific. But that's only because everybody's got their own style for telling a story. But to me, that first and foremost, that, that's the one quality you have to have. Are there any tips that you can give to someone who's struggling to get from, say, getting jobs on ACX or working for an independent author to actually getting to the level where they can tell a story to work for the bigger guys? Well, I think the most important thing... Um, for a new narrator, the, the question I hear quite often is, "How are my accents? How are you know what what kind of voice should I do on this particular character?" Uh, I always say to new narrators, you can have one of two things: you can have either accuracy or you can have authenticity. Accuracy meaning, you know, when you're doing an accent, are you Meryl Streep in you know the French Lieutenant's Woman or, or pardon me, uh, Sophie's Choice? Um, but authenticity is, are you acting the role? Are you are you being true to to the moment, to the scene, to the words? Uh-huh. And you can you can strive you can strive for both, but as long as you've the the one that you always need to have is the authenticity. Because if you're accurate, you can die accurate. You can you can be Meryl Streep doing Sophie's Choice, but if you fail once or twice or maybe three times that's what the that's what the listener is going to walk away with but if you were true to the character to the scene to the words as written on the page it's not going to matter whether you got the accent right what they're going to remember is how much that scene moved them okay so what i think i hear you saying is 
I don't have to be able to really pull off perfectly all of the accents of my characters in this international book, but I, I have to make sure that they know what the accent is and that I'm acting the part well. Well, I, with the caveat that if you are you don't have a great facility at accents, if you whoever whoever the new narrator is, it just maybe accents isn't their thing. They probably shouldn't do an international thriller, <laughs> uh, and I don't say that lightly. I I think it's perfectly acceptable to turn work down based on your limitations. I've done it. I was in a book called The Terror, which was uh, all about uh, I believe it was the um, it was an Antarctic expedition. And it was a bunch of Brits. And I thought, you know what? I could I could do this, but I think you should probably hire John Lee. So they did. And I you know, they took the book back and they did hire John. And and but you know, don't worry about it if you ever have to turn it down because they typically throw other work your way because you've done them a favor. So nobody is actually insulted that you turned it down. No, no, not at all. You just say this isn't my thing. I was also uh uh given a book about the Mossad, um, but, you know, an, an adventure that took place between Israel and Palestine and Saudi Arabia. I said, I could, I can get it done, but that's not in my wheelhouse. I, you know, you probably want a native speaker to do something along these lines. But if you do have some accents, I think you can get away with doing a lot less than the new narrator might, might believe. I think you can get away sometimes with the 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 music of the language you know irish has got a wonderful melody to the accent and as long as you have that you don't have to be always completely specific on the accent now if someone doesn't have any accents but they're a storyteller would you recommend that they stay away from fiction no i wouldn't i wouldn't say that because so much fiction does take place in in you know parts of the country where you're not going to have a identifiable accent um but i think they should be choosy about which books they they take if it's set in the deep south and they're not good at at, at, at doing that kind of thing you know i'd, I'd say uh, uh it depends on your context but uh, they don't have to give up fiction they should just be make sure that they look very closely at what's going to be asked of them and if there are no accents or dialects in the book um but the narrator, or shall I say the storyteller, um, doesn't do characters either, then what do you say? Still just be picky, but you don't have to turn on down f all fiction? Well, the thing about character voices, um, and when I think of a character voice, I'm thinking of something that you might see in a Saturday morning cartoon, animated film. I think, frankly, 90% of fiction can be done without those kinds of voices. I think that the only genres that really demand thick character voices are young adult, fantasy, you know, very few genres that really demand that kind of thing. I mean, uh, Jim Dale and I are completely polar opposites. You know, he thrives on doing character voices like that. And I don't. I, I, I do primarily contemporary fiction. But, and, but those kinds of stories aren't going to require character voices. I'll do accents, you know, where it's required. But to me, that's not a character voice. So no, if you don't do character voices, I think you can still do 90% of the fiction that's out there. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So that's one of the questions I'm asked the most. And I don't do character voices. I prefer nonfiction. 
This podcast is being brought to you by IPDTL. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. We're talking to Gustavo Simon Lopez of ANG Audio, who is so sold on IPDTL that he won't hire a voiceover talent who won't connect via IPDTL. Simon, what is so special about IPDTL that it's your first and only choice? IPDTL is cost-effective, easy to use, transmits in real time, and it's worldwide. We've used it to connect with talent as far as Turkey, France, Italy, and as close as Texas and California, all without any issues. ANGAudio.com stands behind IPDTL. Visit IPDTL.com and use discount code Julie Williams. Now, you said you um, you said that you read every book from beginning to end before you before you accept it or before you narrate it. Well, I think it's always a good idea uh, specifically for, for new narrators to do that. There will come a time where you may have to look at it less. For instance, I remember one time I was stuck and I just could not read the book ahead of time. But it was a series. I had done several in that series already, so I already knew the characters. As a new character was introduced, great, I do some quick research. Okay, is he, is he from Glasgow or is he, or is he from Brooklyn? Okay, great, then I'm, then I'm good to go. Um, but I think if you're a new narrator and, and accents is an issue, you definitely want to read the whole thing to find out, you know, Am I going to have to do Irish? Am I going to have to do Scottish? Am I going to have to do Russian? Or if you can't read the whole thing, you know, and you get a PDF of it, do do a search. Do a search for words like accent. Um, that that will certainly help. And now you do nonfiction as well, don't you? Oh, I sure absolutely. Do you pre-read that? Yes and no. Sometimes yes, and sometimes no. If I now again, it's I, I say this as a do as I say, not as I do thing, only because I mean I've done seven hundred books by now, so I, I you know I, I I have a better idea of what to do if I have to do it cold, um, and to a certain extent when you're doing nonfiction, well you know how it ends, you know I just got to do uh, um, a wonderful book by Eric Larson called uh, Dead Wake, which was about the sinking of the Lusitania and sad as that story is, I knew how it ended. So uh, it required less research on my part up front, but I still read it because I just loved the book that much. Um, You can get away with doing less reading when you're doing a book like that, unless you're producing it yourself, you're producing it at your home studio, and you're going to have to get all of the pronunciations correct. If all that work is up to you, then you have to do that research. You have to read it ahead of time. Right. Um, We are going to be having a webinar coming up in a couple of weeks on September 24th. And the topic is, this is sort of a part two, and you're going to be part of it, which I'm very excited about. Yeah. And the topic is going to be basically what I had asked you for, how to to jump the gap from maybe just getting a job on ACX that might pay you a stipend or maybe $100 per finished hour to the bigger guys that are going to be a little bit more uh, reasonable when it comes to payment and uh, maybe get you a book that has more of a chance of being more popular. Um, so we're going to be doing that coming up in a, in a couple of weeks. And all of the money from that is going to be going directly to the Bob Dion ALS Nurse Fund. And so at the end of this podcast, we're going to give you the URL to go to for that. But uh, Scott, I'm really excited that you're going to be there. Tell me, what are some of the things that that we might learn from you during that about perhaps the skills that are needed? Well, what I plan on talking about in the in the uh, webinar, I'm very much looking forward to it. 
So what you were talking about earlier, how do you go from, let's say, you know, from not necessarily ACX to other publishers, but if you're, let's say, only working for Random House, a Penguin Random House, I should say, or if you're only working for Hachette, if you're only working for Macmillan, branching out and, and, and going into, you know, another publisher, getting known by them, getting hired by them, you never want to have all your eggs in one basket. The, the thing that I always talk about when I'm doing a class is how do you make a good narrator a great narrator? And usually what that means is the difference between getting hired for one job and getting hired for many. The difference between a job and a career. Um, what, I prob what I'm planning on talking about is the ways that analyzing the story, the story arc, uh, analyzing the beats in a story how doing that will help you get cast more because every time a beat changes, you need to sound subtly different. And it could be something in the middle of a in the middle of a scene where two people are escaping and they're almost they're almost out of the building. They're getting chased by terrorists. They're almost out. They see the car that they're you know their their getaway car and they think, great, life is good. We've made it. But something was wrong. They didn't hear anything, and that was a bad sign. Just doing that, pausing, and then suddenly dropping your register, just slightly going slowly, uh, going slower, I should say, adjusting that pace. By seeing that this beat just changed and mirroring that change in your delivery, I think that's something that lets a publisher know that you understand the nuance of a story. Uh huh. Will make them more likely to, you know, call you back uh, for repeat business. Scott, thank you so much for joining us today. And I hope you will join Scott and I for the upcoming audiobook webinar with Scott Brick and some of the top audiobook narrating casting folks in the industry, September 26th. For details, check out the VoiceOver Insider Facebook page. We've got it all right there for you. For just a $50 donation, every cent of which goes to the Bob Dion ALS Nurse Fund, by the way, you can join us for this fabulous webinar. And by the way, if you missed the last one, you do not want to miss it. Uh, it was amazing, too. And the video is available to you now. So um, that's also for a tax-deductible donation of $50, which goes, again, directly to the Bob Dion ALS Nurse Fund. We hope you'll open your wallet for the cause and some of the best audiobook webinars in the industry. You've been listening to the VoiceOver Insider Podcast with Julie Williams. Be sure to join us next week for more VoiceOver Insider information and another edition of the McFadden Minute.